Would you turn to two openings this morning, please? Galatians 5 and Romans 12. Galatians 5 and Romans 12. Galatians 5.13, it says, Brethren, we've been called unto liberty. Isn't that better than bondage? Called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. By love serve one another. The uh, complete English version says, My friends, you were chosen to be free. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do anything you want. Use it as an opportunity to serve each other with love. Are we supposed to serve? Serve each other. We're saved not just to sit. We're saved not just to soak. We're saved... To serve. Sit out loud, I'm saved. saved. To serve. serve. You've been set free so you can serve. That sounds contradictory to a lot of folks thinking if you're serving, that doesn't sound like you're free. But no, we've been set free so we can. Hmm? So we can provide service to each other. Go to Romans, the 12th chapter, please. Romans chapter 12. And verse 1. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In light of what God has done for us, did you know your body is not your own? You've been bought with a price, right? And uh, since we have been so graciously redeemed by his mercy, it's just reasonable that we serve him. And the way you do that is by serving each other. Listen to other translations of this, the, uh, the NIV. It says, this is your spiritual act of worship. The New American Standard says it is your spiritual service of worship. We said there's some associations we need to make. It has to do with mind renewal. When you hear the word ministry, you should think service. That's what it means. And when you hear the word ministry or service, you should also think worship. Spiritual worship. Now, This is some mind renewal, isn't it? Because many times when people hear the word worship, they pretty much are limited to the idea of lifting your hands and and saying glory to God. And that that is worship if it's from the heart. But that's not all there is to worship. According to this, uh, heart service done from a heart of faith and love, God calls it spiritual and he calls it worship. Do you know, the, you saw the video on the children's service team. Uh, they're in there right now, wiping uh, your kid's nose, or uh, giving them an animal cookie, or, or 
telling them something about the word. God calls that worship on their part. The guys out in the parking lot today with the coats on. Huh? Motioning in. God calls that worship. Hallelujah. The folks that cleaned the, the auditorium for us to, in the different places to be ready. God called pushing the vacuum cleaner worship. He called moving a rag worship. Worship. But it has to do with service to him and service to his people. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Numbers. Numbers, please, the uh, 18th chapter. Numbers 18. Uh, Numbers 18, 6 and 7 here. The Lord is establishing the priesthood and ministry of his holy things. And he chose Aaron and his sons for the priest. And he chose Levi and his sons for the uh, ministers to assist them to handle all the offerings and all the utensils and equipment and furniture and set up and tear down and all that for the things of God. Notice what he said about it in verse 6. He says, this is God speaking now through his uh, man. He said, I have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel. To you they are given as a gift for the Lord. Somebody say a gift. A gift to do what? To do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. A gift to do the service. Say it out loud. A gift to do the service. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. Therefore, you and your sons with you shall keep your priest's office for everything on the altar and within the veil, and you shall serve. Everybody say, you shall serve. He said, I have given your priest's office to you as a service of gift. And the stranger that comes near shall be put to death. Listen to the uh, NIV. The NIV says, I'm giving you the service of the priesthood as a gift. The New Living Translation says, I'm giving you the priesthood as your special privilege of service. Special privilege of service. Now this was very exclusive. Nobody else could go into the Holy of Holies except the priest. Nobody else was allowed to touch the tent and all its furniture and all its stuff except the Levites. And anybody else that moved in and tried to do that uh, would be judged. But did you know today through what the Master has done? We have all been made priests unto Him. Did you know that? And as such, like them, this service opportunity is a gift from God. It is a privilege. It is so important that we see this like this. There needs to be mind renewal. You know, I've been in churches before where I've seen the pastor get up and beg people to help. 
I'm thinking of a service one time where the pastor went to person at the point, would you come up and sing for us? Well, no, their throat was scratchy and they just weren't up. Could you come sing? Well, I, I, I didn't bring my words and, and I'm not prepared. Could you come? Went through about four people. And some people, you know, you could tell they were kind of ready to go, but they wanted him to ask them another time. And, and oh, well, oh, are you really want me to come? Oh, well, okay. That means you're not qualified Amen. to do it. It is a privilege. Yes. A privilege. Amen. It's a gift from God to be able to do anything connected to the holy things of him. The gospel, the church, the people of God. This is the revelation we need, the the mind renewal we need. It's so easy to get caught up in the mundane things of life and what we need and what my family needs and what I need in my job and this and that. And forget that a thousand years from now, uh, who will know about that? Or who will care? And what will it matter? And that your time and my time down here is going to be up in just a few more breaths, just a few more days. We're out of here. Right? And so much stuff that people are putting all of their time and focus and energies into matters not. It will not matter. But friend, according to the word, and I believe this word, anything you do that helps the gospel, that helps the people of God... The Bible said God is not unrighteous to forget it. He will never forget it. And it will be remembered and it will be rewarded. Do you believe it? Throughout eternity. And brother, if you believe this, it ought to make you get up in the morning thinking about it, right? And go to bed thinking about it. How can I be of service? How can I be useful to the Lord to my brothers. There's a question we ought to ask ourselves, you know. What is my service to the Lord? What am I doing? What is your service to the Lord? If you can't answer that quickly and definitely, you need to be seeking God about it. Do you think so? And I'm telling you, don't get down over it. Don't be annoyed about it. God's got a plan. You may not have discovered it yet or entered into it, or you may be late showing up to work. (laughs) But here's the good news. You're still breathing, right? God's still on the throne, and he could do a lot with you in just a short amount of time if you give him your all. Can you say amen? Amen. He said, I'm giving you this priesthood as your special privilege of service. Go to 2 Corinthians, please, the uh, 8th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 4. He said, they, they prayed us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. Verse 5. This they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. They pled with them to let them be involved in the ministry to the saints. Listen to the Weymouth translation. I don't know if we got that one back there, but I'll read it to you. The Weymouth translation. It says, with earnest entreaty, 
they begged from us the favor of being allowed to share in the service now being rendered to God's people. The NIV, the NIV says they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Now what a turnaround that is. Instead of trying to plead with somebody, y'all please help, please get involved, please do this, please do that. No, uh, it's not somebody asking them to get involved. They're going asking, let us get involved. Let, please don't leave us out. Let us be a part of this. Nearly every time I read that verse, I think about a service that Phyllis and I were up in, uh, up in Canada years ago. The Lord gave a word of knowledge through Phyllis that there was uh, somebody there in the service that had a bill that they really, really needed to pay, and it was past due, and they had the bill in their purse. And the Lord told how much the bill was, the amount, X amount of dollars and cents. So he said, well, everybody, you know, close your eyes. Is somebody here got a bill like that with them? One lady. One lady raised her hand. And, uh, okay, put your hand down. So the Lord dealt with Phyllis and I to sow, I don't know, what was it, a hundred or or something like that. And uh, somebody else said, well, I want to sow a hundred. And somebody said, well, I want to sow. And I mean, just like that, boom, boom, boom. It was more than the bill. I thought, glory to God, praise God. And we said, okay, uh, the lady, you know, come up after the service and we'll talk to you. So I began to start to preach. And it just seemed like the brakes was on. I mean, I just couldn't get started. And finally I just stopped and said, what? What? What's the problem? And the lady from the back said, we want to get involved. The other guy said, yeah, me too. I said, what? You want to give to the ladies' bill? Yeah. I said, well, give. And then people gave here and gave, and I mean, it wound up way more than her little bill. Glory to God. And after the service, uh, she came up and they talked to her, found out she was a visitor there. It was her first time to be to the church. I think she came back. (laughs) Coming to a place where the Spirit's moving is a great deal. That kind of thing happens around here all the time. You don't hear it from the pulpit necessarily all the time, but there are things happening all over this place. Amen. All the t- and not just during service time, during the week, yeah. all over town. God's moving. Do you know it? Yes. They're just, if we, we don't hear a fraction of the testimonies that are occurring, every, for everyone you hear, there are scores Amen. that you didn't hear about that are just as good, just as wonderful. But get, did you hear the heart of the people? They're going, they were saying, let us be involved. Don't leave us out. That's what these guys were saying. Let us let us do it. Let us do it. Not trying to talk them in or pull them into doing it. Them saying, allow us the privilege of being involved in the ministry to the saints. In the service to the saints. Thank you, Lord. Would you go with me, please, over to uh, the book of Luke. Over to the book of Luke. I know uh, Phyllis and I were allowed to serve with the Hagans, Brother Kenneth Hagan Sr., Miss Aretha, for uh, 20 years. Some we helped in ministry, and later on, some personal things. And, uh, you know, it's some things, you, if you're not involved in them, they sound glamorous, uh, 
but uh, every day's a day, and we got flesh, and we got things to deal with, and and uh, I know one particular week, we had brushed, rushed, and, and kind of set some of our things aside, and then we dashed out, we were on the other side of the country, and and uh, a little bit tired, and feeling like you were sacrificing uh, some, and uh, some ministers spoke to me and Phyllis, and, and the one guy said, uh, he started talking about us helping the Hagans, and, and it sounded like he was going to talk about how that, uh, you know, we were a blessing to them, and that they were blessed to have us, and he didn't say that at all. He said, man, you are privileged to be able to help. And when he said it, it kind of it caught me in my thinking, and of course I said, yeah, amen, yes, but uh I realized I hadn't quite been on that page that day. I was thinking more about sacrifice. And uh, if you get in that vein, you will judge after the flesh. And you'll get to thinking wrong and miss it. And there pe- there's been people that have disqualified themselves from serving in certain places because of this mentality. They get to thinking about I'm sacrificing. And I'm doing this. And I'm doing that. and Not realizing it's a privilege. Amen. It's an honor. You know one thing that you ought to ask yourself. Whatever it is you're doing. Could somebody come. And do your job in your place for a couple of weeks. And make you look bad. <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? If so, you need to step it up, don't you? You need to step it up and realize I'm privileged to have this opportunity because there's a lot of things going. There's a lot of people on the planet, billions. Who else could be in your place? Who else could be there? Who else could, you know, and would they be, would they appreciate it more? Would they be doing better? If so, then why shouldn't they be there instead of you? They value it. And to get disgruntled and get weary and get to thinking about, well, they don't appreciate me. They don't know what I do. They don't know the sacrifices I've made. You keep going that way, you could lose your place. Because you don't realize you're not looking at it as a gift, a privilege. And now, some years later, after having had the opportunity of serving them, you just look back and shake your head and go, "Glory to God, glory to God." As you grow, you begin to see what was going on, and some of the seed that was sown, and some of the fruit that is now beginning to compound. I was involved in that. I had a part. I might have been just holding a briefcase or driving a car or I might have been singing a song. But if I had a part, I had a part. And it's big, big stuff. It's kingdom stuff. And the thing about kingdom stuff is it just keeps multiplying throughout the ages. It never stops. So, friend, if you get an opportunity... To hold open a door. Or to move a broom. Or to hold somebody's coat. 
And it has to do with the things of the kingdom. It's a privilege. Somebody say privilege. It is a privilege. It is God giving you a gift. See, there are people that are working themselves silly and they're building things and they're building names and they're accruing money and they're uh, having titles and recognition. But in just a few days, nobody will know it or care. It just won't matter at all. I mean, it'll all turn to dust and ashes and it'll blow away and, and that's it. But friend, do you know it? Things of the Spirit are eternal. Somebody say eternal. 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 Nobody should ever have to twist your arm or ask you twice about doing something that would impact the kingdom or be a help. You ought to be there saying, come on now, let me, let me, let me help. Let me have a part. Let me be involved, please. In Luke, the uh, eighth chapter, Luke chapter eight, we looked at this a while back, but uh, I want us to look at it again, emphasize another part of it. In Luke eight and verse two, it says, certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, what had happened to them? They'd been healed. Now it says evil spirits mentions Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. So they, they were healed and delivered from spiritual, emotional, mental bondage. Infirmities also has to do with weaknesses, physical problems too. They were healed, delivered and healed. Verse 3, mentioned Mary, Joanna, a wife of Cusa's, Herod's steward, Susanna, many others. And they did what? They ministered to him. Now, what does the word minister mean? What do you? Service. What else does it mean? Worship. They ministered to him of their substance. Now, are they in a different condition than they were not long ago? They were sick. Imagine Mary Magdalene's condition. Seven devils. What kind of shape was she in? She was out of her head. She was crazy. She was uh, vexed, tormented. Others were sick in their body, broken down. Here they are healed. They're delivered. They're free. They got a sound mind, peace of mind, and they got money. What's it time to do? Serve. Serve. Look back in the fourth chapter. Just back up a few pages to the fourth chapter of Luke. Luke 4 and uh, 38. Luke 4, 38. Jesus arose out of the synagogue. He entered into Simon's house. This is Simon Peter. Simon's wife's mother. That's Peter's mother-in-law. She was taken with a great fever. Now, the, God's speaking this through Luke, Dr. Luke, the physician. He uses a term the others don't use, great. So, She's not just running a few degrees temperature. She's delirious. She's in a bad way. And Jesus comes into the house and they besought him for her. Jesus comes into the house and they say, Jesus, you know, Peter's mother-in-law, she's back there, man. She's, she's delirious with fever. She's in a bad way. Could you come minister to her? Verse 39, Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever. 
I remember years ago reading that and, and realizing he's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not praying, talking to God. He's talking to a fever. Isn't he? He's talking to a fever. And when I read that, I thought, can fevers hear? And I read the rest of it and it said, it left her. I thought, yep. Fevers can hear. Right? He spoke to the fever. Notice, he didn't say, fever. <laughs> you can't stay. He said he, he rebuked it. What does rebuke mean? Rebuke is strong. Get out of here. He said, fever, get out of her. Get off of her. Get out of here. That's how Jesus talked. Now, to a lot of Christians today, that sounds strange. They hear some of us do that and they go, who do they think they are? (laughs) That's weird. No, that's the way it has always been. It's the way Jesus operated. That's the way the church did in the beginning days of the church. It's been lost to much of the church where it shouldn't be thought strange. And if you've got something in your life, something in your body that ought not be there, don't play around with it. Don't cry, beg God for month after month. Do what he told you to do. Speak to that thing. Didn't he say, speak to the mountain? Command it to be removed? Didn't he say? You speak to that tumor. You speak to that cancer. You speak to that high blood pressure. You speak to that thing, right? You say, listen to me. In the name of Jesus. I think some folks ought to do that in here. I think some folks watching by internet ought to do that. If you got something in your body, you got something in your life that's been harassing you, dogging you, bothering you, plaguing you, let's speak against it right now in the name of Jesus. So lay your hand on your body, if that's the case, or just believe God for whatever the area it is. Everybody sit out loud. In the name of Jesus, every foul thing that ought not be in me or be in my life, I curse it. I command it to die, wither up, dry up, get out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now expect it. Don't say, well, I wonder if that'll do any good. That doesn't, that doesn't cut it. Expect it to happen. What you said, expect it to happen. Just expect it. He spoke to it, and what happened? It left. So, so yeah, but I'm not Jesus. Yeah, but you got his name. He gave you his name. And the authority in his name works the same. Thank you, Master. He uh, rebuked it. Put up the, the verse again. And it left her. And uh, immediately they circled around the bed and put a cloth on her head and said, how do you feel? Huh? No, no, you just lay there and we'll fix you something. You've been through a lot today and you take it easy. (laughs) Isn't that how most folks do? Because they've been through something. No. No. You must say no. 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 Immediately, she arose. Arose means got up. She got up. 
and did what? Ministered to them. Now this is absolutely the best use of a healing there is. And it's also the best way to keep a healing that there is. Come on, get the picture. She was delirious. She's out of her head. Maybe near death. Moments ago. Now she's sitting up on the side of the bed. Heat's gone. Temperature's gone. Color's right. Feeling good. She looked at him and said, Y'all hungry? Jesus, you've been preaching all morning. Go in there and sit down. And Peter's, you know, wife is her daughter. Uh, Come in here, Susie. Let's go to the kitchen. And and we'll go in there and cook. No, you've been sick. You about dead just a few minutes ago. That's a few minutes ago. I've been healed. I've been healed by the power of God. I've been delivered. You've been healed for what? Just so you can watch TV without pain? No, you're a child of God. You've been healed so you can help just like you've been saved so you can serve just like those women were delivered and prospered so they could be providers. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. You know, there's been person after person that prayed, begged God. On a sick bed, God, if you'll get me off of this bed, I'll go to church. If you'll get me off this bed, if you'll heal me, I'll serve you, I'll do something for you. There's been many a person in a time of war, in a foxhole or a hot place of battle, said, God, if you'll get me out of here and get me back home to my family, I'll preach your gospel. I'll serve you, I'll help you. And the sad thing is, many, many, many of them did not. God healed them. He delivered them. He got them out. And then when the pressure was off, they completely focused on my life and what I want to do. And they just didn't have time for them. And that's so sad because there's this idea that if you completely sell out to serve God completely, you can't be happy and you can't have anything and you want to enjoy life. And it's the exact opposite that's true. If all you do is try to get your stuff and what you want, you will never be happy. You can never have enough stuff, never have enough money, never have enough success. If it all focuses on you and yours, there will always be a hole in you. It doesn't satisfy. But when God uses you to minister to somebody else, the Bible said, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive one. It's a blessing to receive when you need something. But he's talking about a more blessed place that you are not in need. All your needs are met. And now God's brought you. Not only are your needs, you you are here in need. And now you are not in need. And there's another level. Amen. I said there's another level that not only are you not in need, but you have resources for him to use you to meet other people's needs. And that, friend, is where your joy gets full. When you are used of God to be an answer to somebody's prayer. Somebody is praying and believing God. And part of the answer to their prayer is he taps you on the shoulder and sends you. 
you got the word, you got the faith, you got the money at the right time and the right place, and their burden is removed, and they're relieved, they're set free, their dream comes true. This is fulfilling. This is satisfying. This is joy being full. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What is your service to the Lord? It is service to his saints. And uh, don't despair. If you haven't felt like you've, you've been in it and found your place, that's one of the big reasons why you're here this morning. Right? Is he's talking to you. And the thing is, his words are not just information. His commands are enablings. When he tells you something, it's not just so that you'll know to do it. The words also empower. Don't you remember when he came walking on the water and they saw him? And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. What did he say? Come. Come. How many know come is not just an encouragement? Come is not just a pep talk. Huh? Come is, we're talking about the one who said, light, be. That doesn't mean there are now light opportunities. No word of God is void of power. When he says it, there's power in it to empower you to do it. So when he says it's a privilege and I've given you the gift of privilege of service. In that command, in that instruction is the power to do it. If you'll believe it and embrace it. Now, if you say, I don't have time. I'm busy. I got this. I got that. Well, then you won't have it. You'll, years will keep clicking by and you'll keep being unhappy and dissatisfied. But if you'll say, even though I don't know how, I don't know what, what I can offer. I don't. You heard the lady in the children's thing said, I she didn't think she had anything to offer. And now these children are being blessed greatly through her. Amen. There's a place yes. where you fit. Yes. I said, there's a place. Amen. Their situation where you fit perfectly and you didn't know it, but everything that's been happening that God's been teaching you for all of your life has been getting you ready for this next part. And all the things that you've learned and your skills and knowledge will come into play and just work wonderfully. And you'll think, I know that. I can do that. (laughs) And not only will you do it, but even if you've done something natural in the world in that line, now it's going to be so different because it's going to be that plus the anointing on you. And that changes lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you Lord. Did you get stirred up a little bit about this? I I am. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians the 16th chapter. And we'll look at John 15 as well. 1 Corinthians 16. And John... 15. What's the best use of a healing there is? Get up and minister to somebody. Because you know, if you sit there and think about how sick you were, you're looking back. And wherever, uh, you know, I just uh, come from flight school this week. I know this is a real simple thing, but wherever you point the nose of the airplane, that's where you're going. If you point the nose south, you ain't going north. And it's the same thing where you point your nose. 
If you point your nose back, you're not going forward. If you look back into, you know, where I've been and what I've been through, how hard it's been, you cannot go forward. You got to point your nose, not where you've been, where you want to go, right? Where you want to go. And so if Peter's mother-in-law had laid back in the bed and thought, man, I about died. (laughs) Who I felt bad. Well, whatever you get on your mind. You open your spirit. You get to thinking about how bad you felt. Next thing you know is, is that a symptom of that again? Is that some of the same thing? You know, that feels like that might be coming back on you. And the devil, man, he'll jump right in the bed with you and go, oh, here it comes. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. And this time you're not going to make it. And you can get as bad as you ever were and worse if you're pointing the nose in the wrong direction. No, what's the perfect thing to do? You've been healed. You've been delivered out of sin, out of habits, out of bondage, out of problems. What's the best thing to do? Get yourself up and get busy. Come on now. Doing something that helps the people of God. Nothing is too small. If it really does something genuine to help, do it. Don't discount opportunities. Somebody allows you to help, do not discount it. Go, well, man, I got four degrees, you know, and you want me to push a broom? If you qualify, at this point, (laughs) you don't qualify. How many of what I'm talking about? Now, there's pushing the broom, and then there's pushing the Lord's broom. Huge difference. How many think if you're you're in heaven on the streets of gold, and the Lord comes by and hands you a broom and says, would you sweep that off for me? And you look at him and say, Lord, that's not my ministry. It's not my ministry. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> well, is it any day? He said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Said out loud, It is a privilege. It is the gift of God to be able to serve and be of use to the brethren. It's a privilege. You believe it? It's a privilege. It's a privilege. I just thank God continuously that uh, I get to do what I do. And, you know, unless somebody had done a whole lot of jobs already before we got here this morning, there wouldn't have been the opportunity. How many know a lot of people gave so that this building could be here and so that the lights could be on, right? A lot of people worked. So many things happened long before we were able to step in here. But every one of us have our part that we can add, that we can do. And when, when it's right, people's needs are getting met. Their questions are getting answered. They're getting free and they're getting direction. In 1 Corinthians 16, did you find it? 1 Corinthians 16, it says, verse 15, 16, 15, 1 Corinthians. He said, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They did what? They addicted themselves, thank you Lord, to the ministry of the saints. Did you know if you're not addicted to this, 
you will be addicted to something else. Do you know that? Why? It has to do with how we're made. Now, people learn to suppress it. And they learn to hide it. But there's something in you that wants to get high. (laughs) You should see the looks across the crowd. (laughs) They're folks looking like. Others are going, I know that's right. Others are going. (laughs) I'm not asking you whether it's so or not. Look around. Look, I mean, we've got alcohol and drug and sex and this and that addictions all over the place. And not just outside the church. Sadly. So, what's going on? Why this craving, this driving? There's something in you that's looking for that euphoria. That adrenaline, that excitement. And so many times people are looking for an escape. They don't like their life. They don't like what's going on. They don't want to deal with it. So they want to take a trip to somewhere else (laughs) rather than here. The problem is a chemically induced altered state of mind does not satisfy It may put you in a stupor to where you are oblivious and don't understand, but all that's doing is dulling all your senses and taking you out of the loop, which is dangerous. I mean, it's like cars speeding down the road 100 miles an hour and ain't nobody to wheel. Dangerous. But what's going on? It's looking for that euphoria and for that excitement that satisfaction, there's something deep is calling to deep. So people try to fill it. And some people that are so down on others that might be using substances, they do the same thing, just another way. Some people do it with food. Some people do it with spending. They'd never snort anything, but they can't pass up those shoes. They just cannot. <laughs> And they might be able to pass up the shoes, but they got to have that part for their car. Make it go a little faster. They got to have whatever it is. There's something. Why? Because when I do it, it makes me feel good. And all of that is a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real thing, which is. Serving, I know it don't sound right to the flesh. You think, what's going to make me the happiest of all? Serving. People go, huh? (laughs) No, drugs. (laughs) No, it won't. It'll kill you. It'll destroy all your relationships. And you still won't be happy. But serving. Serving really will Touch the thing that no drug, alcohol, or spending, or sex can touch. It has the ability to give you the high of the most high. Uh, 
How many would like to get high? On the most high. Look at them. Look at them. You must have some good stuff. I got the most high. You ain't never had a high like this. I'm not just high. Most high. Why else would they addict themselves? This is one addiction that's good. Why else would you addict? Why would he use that word? Addiction. Because it does something. It tells you the story. When you do that, it gives you your high. It gives you your fix. It gives you what you're looking for. What your insides were craving for. It does it. And so after that, what would you want to do again? Ah, I want to do it again. Right? Do what? Serve. Serve. They've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Go to John 15. John 15. Do not be deceived by trying to satisfy your cravings with things and drugs and stuff and money. You never will be. Never. It's hopeless. But there is a fix. I said there is a fix. And it's real. John 15. John 15 and and 10. Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. God is love. We've heard it. We know it. And yet we don't know it. The very atmosphere of heaven is this love. Because it's not, it didn't just say God has love. He is. That's what he is. I know some years ago, I was in a time of prayer. And the, the Spirit of God came up in me. And I was praying about somebody. And the love of God just came up in me towards them. And it was the most amazing thing. I lay there and I, I wept. Tears of joy. I experienced that love in a way I had not experienced before. And I remember distinctly laying there on the floor. It was like two in the morning. Nobody there but me in the floor. And, and I said, God, this is where I want to live forever. He said, you will. And it hadn't dawned on me that heaven is not just streets of gold and amazing stuff. This is the atmosphere. This is the light and life. It's God and he's love. And this love flowing through you to others answers your heart's cry. It answers the craving on the inside of you. What actually gives you the high is the love. There's nothing like it. It may sound to people that don't know anything about it. It may sound like just religious junk. No, this is real. This is real. God's real. And he is love. And his love is real. And a lot of people have not experienced much of it. They just haven't. And thank God when you're born again, you experience this. But that's not the end. It's the beginning. And there are degrees of this love. It just gets bigger and bigger. And greater and greater. 
And if you want to experience more of it, you've got to put yourself in the path of being used and let God use you as a vehicle to manifest his love through. We talked about our service teams. When people's hearts right and faith and love, and they're tending to your little one there, are they loving you? They're loving you. Somebody's cleaning this chair. They're thinking, oh, this will be nice. He won't get any gum on his seed, and and that'll be good right there. And they won't get any little sticky lint things on their pants. And love. Yeah. It's love. Everything love. How many of the guys out there in the parking lot are waving their hands in love? And every part of it is a manifestation. That's where the high comes from. Let me prove it to you. Keep reading. If you keep my commandments, you will what? You won't just experience little touches of this. You will live on a permanent high. You will live in this love. That doesn't mean you won't have challenges. You still got flesh. The devil's still around. People can still act crazy. But greater is he that's in you. Than he that's in the world. You shall abide in my love. Even as I've kept my father's commandments. And abide. I live. I stay there. In his love. Keep reading. These things I've spoken to you. Why? That my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. What's the key to this fullness of joy? Love. Love is the key to the fullness of joy. Keep reading. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. When people hear about, so many times they get negative. They get morbid. They go, yeah. Got to lay my life down. For the, it's, it's my duty. And they associate service and commitment with depression. That if you really committed to serve God and walk in love and, and lay down your life for others, you're going to be one unhappy camper. But you're holy. Uh-uh. No. No, Jesus, every day of his life, he said, I always do what pleases the Father. And what pleased the Father was him going and preaching to people and giving them their answers and ministering to them and getting them healed and getting them delivered. Everything he did helped somebody. Say it out loud, everything Everything he did did helped somebody. Everything. 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 And of course, what he did on the cross helped everybody that would receive it. Everybody. Now, we should examine, just like we should examine ourselves, what's my service? What is my service to the Lord? Ask yourself the question as you're doing things, is this helping somebody? Who, what I'm doing, who is this helping? Check up on yourself, because religion And traditions of men that have made the word of God of none effect have come up with all kind of so-called spiritual activities. And when you examine it, who's it helping? Who's it really helping? And if it's not helping anybody, it's not okay. 
I'm telling you, it's just religious junk. Because when you do what the Lord directs you to do, it's going to help somebody. And that's going to make you happy. (laughs) I said it's going to help somebody. And that's going to make you happy. And the more people get helped, the higher you get. Is it true or not? The more you help them, the higher you get. Until you think, okay, okay, I'm coming down a little bit. I need, I need my fix. Who can I help? Who can, huh? Who can, God? I got to help somebody now. Because there is no high like the most high. Can you say amen? Amen. These things I've spoken to you, verse 11, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And that's when he gives us the big one. This is the commandment. This is it. This is how you're going to live in my love, which is the experience of the Most High. This is how you're going to be fulfilled and your joy is going to be full, that you love one another just like I loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The Bible said Jesus endured the cross. As awful as that was, he endured that cross. Why? For the joy that was set before him. Come on, can you see it? Why? He dealt with it. He took it. He endured. Why? Because there was something ministering to him even then making him strong. He could see your face. He could see my face. He could see deliverance. He could see salvation. He could see redemption for all of us. So he not only did it, he willingly did it. He gladly did it. Like the apostle said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Why? Not sorrowfully. Gladly. Somebody say gladly. Gladly. That's why nobody has to twist your arm. Nobody has to beg you. Nobody has to ask you two or three times to do it. You're ready to do it when you showed up. You're like, okay, okay. Where can I, where can I get in? What can I do? How can I help? And that causes your joy to be full. They addicted themselves <laughs> to the ministry of the saints. You think we ought to do the same thing? Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.